Welcome to Backstage with Zadul. I'm your host Kishore from Zadul's very own marketing team and this is a podcast where we share eventful stories from thought leaders across industries to give you epic insights into the world of events and beyond. Okay, here's episode 3 of Backstage with Zadul and today we have a very special guest Arvind Krishnan who's founder and CEO of The Fuller Life. and he's the best person to tell you about the fuller life so arvind please take it away <laughs> thanks man thanks where would you like me to start from the point of view uh you can just tell us a bit about the fuller life what you guys do and uh, yeah the essence of uh, how it was formed and uh, how you want to say it it's your story <laughs> okay cool so <clears throat> the company that i work at the fuller life is uh, 20 years old hmm. which in this day it sounds really old it's right. like oh my god it's like yeah. in the average listeners age by <laughs> or something like that right what we do is we've been in the business of well being and wellness for a while now hmm. and uh, for the longest time what we used to do was manage health and wellness efforts inside of companies right of the likes of a microsoft or an hp or a ford or a kpmg right that's what we used to do. But of course, the pandemic reset all that. So, yeah. so in March, what we did was we were um, we switched to running a well-being service online, okay. very serendipitously. One of our customers, uh, Kotak, had asked us to set something up in wow. about Feb of that year, pre-pandemic, okay. and we set it up and we were rolling it out on April one. And lo and behold, that has become <laughs> our mainstay. Right. <laughs> so, I think it's an interesting lesson on you know just making sure you're trying different things because you don't know what will work. Exactly. And um, that has now grown it hmm. now covers over 100000 users wow. it, and it covers uh, about 20 companies oh. including some fairly recent brand names so we are we are um, in an interesting spot at that so that's what we do we are about 20 years old we are about 30 people and of course our services now are accessed by customers across the country ah sure because of the whole online shift yeah. right and also you know a large number of people are not necessarily working out of where their offices are anymore ha huh, right like for a lot of people it might make sense to hmm. say why have an establishment in let's say bangalore when right. i can go back to vizag or wherever it is ha huh, right so um people are working from wherever they want to work out right and um and i think that shift is done yeah i i think that it's not going to be possible to unshift that yeah yeah I mean, unless in in a, in a few jobs i'm sure it will be i'm sure it will be bipolar in the sense that there will be some people who will shift huh. to full five some who will shift to two and some who will shift to don't have to work sure. uh, from office at all work from anywhere ha huh. so yeah largely hybrid is the pattern you're seeing in terms yeah, of yeah and i think for the kind of population that we cater to Hmm. we cater to companies who care about their people's health right on paper that should be everybody in hmm. reality that's not the case hmm. unfortunately or fortunately right? right in reality white collar workers companies will pay more attention to their employees health right then they will to um let's say blue collar companies and right. the reasons for that might not only be intent hmm. it might also be lack of availability of resources or services to deliver to them right there is also the counterpoint that the factories act hmm. means that some of those services are already available so they see no reason to increase uh, increase that service level got by adding some things huh. so there there are several vectors at play here okay right and uh, yeah you were talking about yeah companies that want to 
offer wellness to the employees is what you offer to the company basically yes absolutely and we serve we service companies we are able to be service got it so a company can go from not having any well-being service offered to its uh, uh, employees to having a full suite offered to them in about uh, a week's time got less than a week's time hmm. and to break that down just to you know otherwise well-being services sounds like you know, what I yeah exactly right so let me just build it that sure 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 which is that uh, we look at well-being across let's say physical emotional social financial okay. so physical of course would be classes hmm. telemedicine as a service emotional would be having a counselor available to you um assessments that you can do to check whether do you have a problem or you don't because in india there's a there's a large latent need but not a very uh high consume uh, consumption of these services in terms of emotional well-being services ah okay right then there could be social needs i think that at some level if you take a 20 30 year view and you mm. think about the fact that many families are nuclear now mm. many people live in houses where they don't necessarily know all their neighbors right um your uh relationship with people who are actually related to you by uh, by blood or by birth are is not necessarily as strong as it used to be Absolutely. your linkage with your local community is not very high correct so there's there's a there's a gap there and that that the chasm is widening hmm. then of course there's financial because you know um some of the fundamental assumptions that our parents would have made are not true for us anymore let's right. take examples um lifespan their parents would have lived till their 60s hmm. our parents might live till their 80s we might likely live till our 90s right they were employed till their 60s and they were able to save up enough um in our case that might not be uh, enough because inflation is what it is and if you are living for 10 years more it, inflation will take a bite out of everything you yeah. have so by the time you retire you better have a reasonable chunk of change otherwise you are going to be toast when you are 75 which is a bad time to be toast it's a bad time to be toast no matter when but 75 is a particularly bad age to be toast yeah. and um many people who are between the age of 30 and let's say 50 hmm. don't realize but we might be the sandwich generation well, i can't say we i'm 51 it's just not that but i might be part of the uh, sandwich generation which is we take care of our kids and we take care of our parents ha huh. right but we don't get taken care of by our parents or our kids ha huh, okay so that might be a uh, an interesting financial problem that right. needs resolution hmm, hmm. because you might find that when you are 50 you're still supporting your parents sure. excellent hmm. but you don't have the next generation to lean on ha huh, got it and right. it's a reality right yeah. yeah i mean it might vary from family to family in sure. some cases you know i don't necessarily support my parents all the time by way of saying here's money every month mm. but of course I, i it might be episodic which is fine sure but for a lot of people the reality is they support the families right now their parents right now their parents are retired but can they expect the same support from their kids i don't think so okay I, or at least people should plan for it that not being the right case. right right so so financially there is so if you notice a lot of these things mm. physical health has gone to the dogs because people have shifted from a not so sedentary lifestyle mm. to a massive sedentary lifestyle right. so last two years is a microcosm but it has accelerated something that's been going for a long time sure emotional wellbeing has gone out of the window mm. because you've got people who suddenly discovered that the ability to cope is diminished massively by just by daily circumstances mm. um your 
social quotient, for lack of a better word, has uh, diminished because, like I said, community, families, etc., are all becoming more fragile to right. work together. And your financial health. So we're sitting. The way I see it, we're sitting on a time bomb, right? Sure. So the purpose of what we are trying to do uh, as a company and as individuals in the company is really to try and make this better, hmm. both in terms of day-to-day circumstances and in terms of uh, a long-term perspective. So I entered into this uh, rabbit hole through the way of what are the services. So when I said we broke it down into physical, emotional, financial, mm-hmm. social, but in terms of services, it could be consultations like let's say counselors, nutritionists, doctors, financial mm-hmm. advisors. It could be content by way of articles and videos mm-hmm. and webinars and experts talking about something. Uh, there'll be pharmacy, diagnostic, other services that you can consume. Mm-hmm. There are classes that you can partake of. Sure. Yoga, meditation, um, HIIT, hmm. um, which is high intensity interval training, right. uh, Pilates, any of that, uh, Zumba or uh, dance fitness in some way. So any of that would be, uh, all of that would be part of the service that we be so okay. that we put together. And already be available for a company on a site that is branded with their company uh, uh, branding. Sure. Which means that as far as the consumer is concerned, the end employee hmm. and indeed their families, they get something which is you go to a website which is feeling great at companyx.com. Sure. All these things are available to you and your family. Got it. And it's paid for by the company, except of course when you want to order medicines or take a diagnosis, hmm. and you pay for that. Everything else is pretty much paid for by the company. Okay, okay. Got so it. That's the that's the broad outline of the service. Okay, awesome. And one interesting thing which uh, I know you guys used to like pre-pandemic, you used to organize marathons and yeah. a lot of outdoor stuff. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk about how uh, you adapted to like virtual when this whole pandemic thing happened. So, and the major differences and challenges maybe you would have faced as a company to kind of go digital per se. Yeah. yeah so, it was not easy. Right. I mean, the brutal truth, the truth of it is it was uh, massively difficult and we were turning on a dime. Sure. When you turn on a dime, there are uh, costs to it. Hmm. By costs, I mean that we had to part ways with about 30 of our workforce. That is never a fun thing to do. Right. And as the entrepreneur, it was my job to do that. Mm. That is not a day uh, I'm going to uh, remember fondly at all. Um, there's also the intellectual effort because mm. you are going one way and then all of a sudden you go somewhere. Sure. Yeah. So that's very difficult. Third, it is not a gradual turn to the right. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much you stop and you're in another medium. It's like yeah. you're the matrix changes. Sure. It's almost like that. Right? Yeah. It's like it's like Neo and you, know, you <laughs> plug in something else and suddenly you're somewhere yeah, else. It's, a good it's really like that. Uh, it's the matrix changed for us. Sure. So everything changed over time. We tried some biomedia, which is we said, okay, can we do runs remotely? Mm-hmm. And the answer is we can, but it doesn't have the same feeling or the same time. Sure, sure. So when you asked about running, for example, yes, we used to do uh, races like the Bangalore Ultra or the Kaveri Trail hmm. Marathon or the Urban Stampede. Hmm. And um, those were really passion projects because I happen to like running and a few of us like running sure. and we like sport and you know, you know I, I still like exercise. I came cycling here. Right. So it's the same thought process. But those are not scalable businesses. Hmm. And this just brought that home. Too. Right. It just brought it home. So, we put a lid on it and that's not fun to do either because you right. say something that you've built for 
13 years in the case of the carburetor back then you would say oh sorry that was not the best idea and mm. it's never great to look at a mirror that tells you all that right sure. the last two years have really been a mirror mm. even the kind of offline services that we used to do for example we used to manage sports for kpmg across double digit thousand people across eight locations or okay. we do a run for accenture at seven cities and cover 15000 people actually taking part at the same time wow okay so those are scale events and we had the ability and the people to manage those things but we don't have that anymore right that's gone mm-hmm. it's gone and it will uh, not return i'm not saying you know because i'm not saying it will not likely return mm-hmm. i'm saying it cannot return correct those businesses are gone right. and, and that's the new reality we have to inhabit we sure. can't we can show sure hope for that right. but those businesses are not inherently scalable anyway scalable anyway right and since they're not scalable mm. um at some point of time they would have organically met their demise ah okay but this, this just rushed it yeah basically okay. this has hastened it mm. massively like managing uh programs that require physical presence across so many cities if you say you stop doing it it's also difficult for a person who's been working in that space yeah absolutely your average day for that person yeah. you know uh, uh who was doing what we used to call the deployment was you travel to a new city you're you're interested in sport you're managing football matches all day hmm. you have an evening to spend in the city maybe you can meet some of your friends on the weekend and then fly back where you're to later super wonderful yeah. job i i loved it every time i used to do that right go to another city to manage a run or yeah, something sure. like that so that they do which means some people would part ways with us because this job doesn't suit their taste yeah. that's perfectly fair right because right. when the company changes direction jobs change texture yeah and the new texture might not suit your palate absolutely yeah and that's really something that happened too so sure. yeah, like i said it was kind of wrenching but mm. it, uh, uh, it, it is what it is yeah one cannot uh, no, hand wave it yeah sure you have to you have to deal with it that's right. all right so it's been interesting so it's yeah. changed Hmm. Also, uh, your question was, how was that change? Like I said, right. I mean, in a, in a word, it was very difficult. It was Absolutely. Very, very difficult. <laughs> But it's been interesting. See, yeah. not all of it is bad. Yeah, right? yeah of course. I mean, it's easy to focus on only the good parts and hmm. ignore the bad, or only the bad parts and ignore the good. No, it's been a pretty healthy mix of both. Right. We have suddenly gone from earlier we used to be a company that could only talk to. typically let's say fortune 500 or very mm. well off companies you know with a base of a few thousand people because then our services become affordable to them mm-hmm. now our smallest customer is 40 people our okay. largest customer is north of 50000 people so we are like oh what is you know we've yeah. got a very large market that we are sure. offering services to. so we've got people at every good companies at every size you know sure. we've got companies at 50 we've got companies at 200 we've got companies at 2000 we've got companies at 10000 we've got companies at every bracket base everywhere we've got companies and this happened more after you went online only after that okay great only after that so yeah there is uh, the other side to it as it's well it's changed yeah. Yeah. Uh, dramatically i mean and business wise we are still not uh, profitable hmm. um but i think that's only a matter of time sure. in terms of yeah. scaling this but scaling this is it's not a linear progression anymore right and it's an annuity business which means that mm-hmm. once you get a customer typically they tend to stay around for some time right our churn is not very high but it still means that we have to invest in people sure. marketing we've become more a b2b subscription company now mm-hmm. and that's a completely different kind of business yeah it looks different it smells different cash flows are different sure everything changes yeah. we were always a b2b company mm. so what you need to be that part of our dna is nice and solid 
we are always a very high service level company. Hmm. That part of the DNA stays solid. But other things change because right. if you're managing a run for a company and it's done on, you know, in February, it's done and dusted. Sure. And that's wonderful. But this is something that we have to pay. It's, it's an ongoing service. Ongoing, yeah. Changes. Yeah. Your one's mindset has to change. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So if, if, if you're intellectually agile, for lack mm. of a better word, it's, it's fun. Right. If you're not, it's a disaster. Okay. Yeah, I think that gives us a clear picture. Yeah, it's really that. Yeah. It's really that. We were lucky. I, I, we were very lucky because a, a lot of us are, we've been around for a long time. We had, uh, we have a, I, I, I think, I genuinely believe that we have a really rock solid senior management team. Sure. We've got people who can handle flux of this order hmm. because this is dramatic flux. Sure. This is the kind of once in a lifetime, maybe once in three lifetimes kind of going to turn Right. So it's like a war zone. Hmm. So being able to handle that. So we got lucky on hmm. so many levels. The fact that we were talking to Kotak and putting this service together, the fact that we've been around for a couple of decades. So we knew like I've got people I've worked with for 15 years hmm. who I work with every day. That's a great deal of yeah. comfort. Now, under, under normal circumstances, you'll be like, oh, these boring old people, they're all sitting together. But in, in a war, yeah. it's useful to know whom you're standing shoulder yeah. to shoulder to. And you're able to, and we don't agree all the time. Sure. And that's wonderful. You've always had a, a history of having a great deal of plurality in our voices. Right. Which means that I have people who I work with just because I happen to be the person who set up the company hmm. doesn't mean much to them in sure. the sense that. Yeah, it means much at an emotional level, but practically speaking, the decision to be made, they will voice their opinion and oftentimes their opinion is not the same as mine. And sure. I can't say, oh, I set this up, go my way. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I don't think 2022 works like that anyway. Yeah, exactly. But fortunately, we've been working together for a long enough time. So we were able to course correct constantly hmm. and figure out what we had to do. So yeah, yeah. so like I said, many parts good, many sure. parts bad. Together on the whole, I said this two years ago mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, I I was not sure of it then, but I'm pretty certain of it uh, now. Mm-hmm. I think that the pandemic might have been the best thing that happened to the company. Sure. It's not the best thing that happened to the people. Sure. It might be the best thing that happened to the company. Interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. With that. And in terms of what you offer, like for example, say, uh, just wanted to know, like post-pandemic with people, like even I have experience working from home as opposed to, you know, being with your colleagues, etc. It's a different vibe. Um, and in terms of what the company is trying to address, uh, like the emotional needs and the physical needs, uh, do you see like a big change in the, uh, in what uh, people are like, like in what employees need uh, support in terms of like emotional or physical, Yeah. how different it is after post-pandemic? Yeah, I think... Um this has let's look at it from two viewpoints. Sure. Let's look at it from the viewpoint of the employee mm. and let's look at it from the viewpoint of the employer. Employer. Yeah, sure. There's some commonalities. For both employee and employer, mm. the fundamental fragility of our existence has come home to roost. Mm. The fact that you know what? The guy you used to work with for the last five years fell seriously sick. Right. Or somebody you knew and Almost all of us would have lost somebody we knew in right. the last couple of years. Somebody we knew, maybe tangentially, maybe not personally, whatever. But in most of us, you case, knew someone. Yeah, you oh, yeah. somebody who's on your phone book is no more. Sure, sure. I mean, that's grim reality, mm. but that's true. Right. So all of a sudden, um, everybody understands 
how vulnerable we are right almost as a species sure for employees that's become very real hmm. so they are more aware of what could go wrong right they also therefore understand hmm. and they we all therefore understand that something that looks like a you know a, a small uh, uh ice block hmm. uh, floating on the sea could be an iceberg sure so it might be the niggle in my shoulder hmm. it could be the fact that i'm feeling anxious yeah it could be the fact that i haven't really saved enough for my kids education hmm. uh, or uh, uh, i don't have a great relationship with my parents any of that right yeah suddenly you realize that it's going to be a far more serious problem than it looks because now we have had the the luxury of circumstance and time hmm. to evaluate that in isolation so right. able to do that exactly companies have also come to terms with their fragility in most cases i'm not talking about what everybody the popular narrative is about how everybody is doing bloomingly well right, right. unfortunately that's a 5% situation 10% situation you know our economy is really multiple indias hmm. and therefore for some people they are doing better hmm. if you happen to be part of the digital economy sure. you are the part that uh, reads consumes purchases online you are doing well you're, you know we are having this interview face to face but everything about it is digital right and we would probably thrive in a situation like hmm. this that's not true of everybody else yeah and for a lot of companies that we have interacted with i mean let's take simple examples hmm. the restaurant down the road right you know they got hammered they probably had to shut shop uh, people have left uh, the guy who used to meet every weekend when you went there to um, yeah. uh, have a meal or catch up your he's gone yeah um, the the place is shut down sure. and that's true of several businesses that we will interact with right right i mean uh, newspaper vendors have gone out of business hmm. so it's that sure. dire so both employees and employers have got fragility checkbox hmm. to their sure now when you talk about people working hybrid there's another vector that comes into play earlier a company could say wonderful cafeteria great coffee um plush seats to work at guess what it doesn't matter anymore. yeah yeah i'm working in salem sure i'm working out of my mom and dad's house i sit here hmm. you have a plush seat in the office wonderful no <laughs> use right so part of the 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 value proposition that uh, the company brings to the employee yeah, has changed yeah, right what earlier used to be a great benefit yeah. now is inconsequential hmm. so employees and employers both see well-being as something that's more important sure and therefore they have increased their time effort bandwidth spend etc on this sure so there is a greater understanding and hmm. a greater requirement of houses uh uh-huh. plus the earlier service for example during the pandemic if somebody said here's an annual health check please go to your local hospital and get a health check you wouldn't go out yeah. have paid you money you wouldn't go i do do your best to stay away from it. and you know now that that behavior is fundamentally different from earlier but now it's much more pronounced right right so um that has changed too so what you're offering inside will be hmm. earlier what is called the ahc annual health check is no longer relevant hmm. you're like i don't want to do this. I'm okay sure. help me if i'm ill otherwise hmm. do this because right. in some cases gone ridiculously companies stop piling oxygen or that thing a low point for all the reality that's like i mean that is not done on so many levels it's not funny yeah right but uh, when the people did it they had the best interest their employees mm. so we can't blame them mm. um people do strange things in work so uh, 
So from an employee perspective, it's become more important. From an employer perspective, it's become more important. From both of their perspective, it's become part a lot more central to the relationship that they have. Right. And I'm not just talking about the contractual relationship. The yeah. contractual relationship is you work, I'll give you money. Okay, yeah. that's wonderful. There's much more to it than that. You know, like uh, um, like uh, uh, in small is beautiful. The economist there says work is not just about I'll work and you'll give me money. Sure. It's also validation. It's yeah. learning. It's community. It's bonding. It's uh, upskilling. It's so yeah. many things. Not so just the transactional element. Yeah, yeah, so a lot of that has gotten done. It's not like you're making well pins, which right. is the classical example of uh, uh, in economics. Right? Right. It's not that anymore. So a lot of this has gone away. Mm. Earlier, you would learn by, let's say, uh, just by being around, by osmosis, because you're around people who know more about a domain than you do, and mm. you'll understand their points of view or their reasoning. Mm. Not necessarily because they'll explain it threat by you, but because you're sitting in the room, they're making the decision, they're evaluating something. Sure. Now that's gone. Now yeah. you're getting to know whether you go left or right, mm. or whether you pick yellow or blue. You don't know why. Sure. So now it's become much more part of the conversation. Mm. So, yeah, well, there's therefore a rising tide as far as well-being is concerned. Sure. So, we seem to be at the right place at the right time. I confirm that uh, in about <laughs> five years' time. Awesome. And uh, there was one more thing. I mean, as a company, just internally, like uh, what we are seeing uh, as the trend right now, especially I'm talking about like big companies who would, I know you guys recently had your offsite as well. Yes. And uh, there was, I think last year you could only have it virtually. Correct. And what kind of trend we are seeing right now is, uh, companies, especially who have like, you know, 10,000 plus and they used to have these uh, really plush uh, offsites, uh, they kind of were forced to do it online. And uh, while they were raging to go back to the in-person thing, they, along the way, they kind of found out from the company's perspective, some benefits such as, uh, you know, the cost, overall cost logistics, let's say there's a global company getting everyone to Vegas or something like that. Uh, I think companies have also seen a benefit in the kind of cost saving that they've had with, uh, you know, keeping, not exactly going uh, online 100%, but keeping it hybrid again. Like, say, each location, the teams meet there. And all those locations, they can kind of go online and meet the other teams. It's a, sort of like a virtual and online. So for these big companies, uh, like um, what we're seeing now is their uh, status quo is sort of hybrid, where... Wherever we can, we'll have smaller focused physical meetings. And when it's a large scale meeting, all these teams will meet as pods virtually. So that is one very interesting thing we are seeing and completely ties in with the, uh, apparently another trend, uh, which is climate conscious events in terms of, you know, how many flights are we taking to get there? How much paper are we using? So um, a lot of companies are seeing the benefits of both. So they're trying to bridge uh, the in-person element of meeting your friends and colleagues with the whatever cost saving and ability to like measure your events like in a in a platform for example you know how many attended how many engaged etc so for you uh, from a like a, you have a smaller strength right how has the experience been uh, having a offsite virtually and of course you can't match what you had like recently in person yeah <laughs> you know there are um... There are positives and negatives right. on this. So, as far as our company size is concerned, we have been doing offsites for ourselves sure. since 07. Hmm. And uh, we wanted to do one again. That was offline. That is sure. in person. 
and we are anyway two days a week in person. Right. So for us, it's not that big a transition. Right. Our offsite is also close to where most of us work in Bangalore. Huh. So it's not. We don't have to take a flight to get there. Sure. You know, one of us had to, but uh, one of us had to travel. But it, it's not dramatically uh, expensive either in climate terms or in uh, money terms to hmm. do that. Right. For larger organizations, I think uh, yes, they would have seen the benefits of having fewer people come into office because mm. all of a sudden their real estate footprint would change sure. dramatically. But I've always been a little surprised it hasn't changed as dramatically as I thought it. I uh-huh. really thought the impact would be Even far more, more lethal for as far as real estate is concerned. Uh-huh. I can see some shifts, like mm-hmm. some companies have uh, moved into co-working spaces, right. so where you can you know scale up or scale down depending on day of the week, literally. Right. So that might be a possible axis of evolution. Mm-hmm. But companies having established footprints for you know five-digit uh, number of people, I haven't seen the kind of changes that I thought would mm-hmm. happen organically. Okay. So I don't know how that will play out. Sure. But I think some of these changes will take some time to play out. Mm. They will take maybe a few more quarters yeah. to unravel. I'm and sure. when that happens, it will be interesting to see how it is. Because, yeah. you know, wave one, wave two, wave three, it's almost been episodic, right? It's almost been like, okay, now we go back. No, yeah. no, no, not now, but let's say now. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's been, let's give it a few more months. Yeah. But now, you think about it as a, as a you know as a signals uh, uh, graph, right? Right. It goes up, goes down, goes up. It, it whipsaws and then it stabilizes. Sure. So if it stabilizes, it hybrid. Then companies will have to really think that we've got seats for ten thousand people, but at any one point of time, only four thousand people are coming. Yeah. What yeah. do we do? The remaining six thousand is going to be sure. quite a good question that they have to answer. And you know there are no prizes for guessing which way they go. <laughs> because they'll say, okay, wonderful. You know, you guys can come in. They maybe not keep seats for four uh, k. They might keep seats for six k. But I would assume that there will sure. be some drop off in it huh, right. and uh, I, I don't follow the real estate market too carefully so I'm not the best person to judge huh. but I think there is uh, uh, still some unwinding of positions to be done in that space and I'm very curious as to how it will work in my day job of talking to HR people I think hybrid is here to stay sure. it's certainly become as an entrepreneur it's mm. certainly become a and ask from employees' point of view, saying, mm. "Are you remote or are you not remote or are you hybrid?" Right. There right. are some people who will not want to move back. Yeah. They'll say, "I'm I'm working remotely. This is fine for me." Yeah. I have a trade-off between, let's say, the amount I work, the 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 balance I have between work and the rest mm. of my life, and the money I make. Sure, sure. So there's a trade-off now that people are in hand. Mm. And you can probably get, you know, two out of three. Sure. <laughs> yeah. To figure out what has to be done. So. I'm curious to see how it will play out. Yeah. My bet is on hybrid being fact of life. I don't think going back to five days a week is going to be yeah. reality anytime soon. I do not see that happening. Hmm. Yeah, it seems to be the common guess. Yeah, that, that, that ship is safe. Sure. I mean, if if you were told go back to five days a week at office, you might probably say it's time to look for a new job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fair enough. Yeah. That's one of the first things now that people think of, as you said, even candidates. Yeah. Because they've tasted this different style of life. So. Yeah. Why not when you have the option? <laughs> yeah, and I think hybrid will be the way to go because from a company's perspective, mm. if you go fully remote, right, I think you lose um, approach, philosophy, culture. Right. You lose those things mm. because those are norms. Yeah. They're not rules. You find out by doing, by being in a room with people. Sure. 
So if you are not in a room with people, mm-hmm. and I don't mean a virtual uh, call, okay. if you're not in a room with people, those things are going to go away. Then you're going to have probably very efficient companies, but they don't stand for anything. I mean, or, or at least the big things might go yeah, away. Yeah. I mean, sure. simple things. Mm. Let's say a company is full of people who are um, curious about things work. Mm. So, it's a very simple pedestrian sure. thing almost, right? Something that gets them together, the yeah, purpose. So it yeah. could just be that for us, for example, mm. we're in the well-being space. Part of our evolution is the fact that we've done lots of things in the well-being space. Mm. Or in the entire engagement space, we're doing that. We've tried lots of things, mm. right? Now... The companies then at some level lose that ability. They can be one trick ponies. Sure. And if the trick fails, the game is over for the right. company. Some of the company will come and take its place. Yeah. Wonderful for the other company, not so great for this company and the people. Yeah. From a culture point of view, the fact that you're a company that um, um, is is like humor, hmm. or the fact that uh, uh, you will uh, be generally happy hmm. as, as a group. Right. That might be replaced by a dry professionalism. Sure. Which on paper looks beautiful. Right. But in reality, it's extremely boring to inhabit. Yeah. And we are humans after all. So yeah. yeah. You need that. So you lose that touch. Yeah. Then you become, instead of you and me coming here and chatting about, let's say, your dog, uh-huh. uh, you and me are saying, okay, I've come here. Let's finish this chat and let me go back. Yeah. That's boring. It's very transactional. And yeah. yeah. So then it takes away from one's work, right? Yeah. Fundamentally, at the end of the day, you also want to enjoy working because you're spending the most amount of time mm. with your job. You spend more time on your job than you do alone or uh, with the, with your significant other or sure. with your favorite interests. Mm. You might even do stuff that you yeah. enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and unless you are someone who prefers working in isolation because that is your cup of tea, I would think that the social element is an important aspect of it. Yeah. Like, I'm, I don't hesitate to confess that I go to work five days a week because... Right. I like going to work mm-hmm. nowadays. It also gives me that separation between home and work, and that's important for me. Sure, but that's my trade-off. Yeah, I also happen to live a reasonable distance from work. It's a it's a fairly quick cycle, yeah. right? There so other elements which just make it work. Yeah, but yeah, you know, asking someone who lives twenty kilometers away to come every day to work, right. <laughs> that yeah, to me seems almost unfair as an entrepreneur. Sure, ask everyone to come, you know, to work every day. Got it. Unless it's necessary for the job, like a job requires you yeah. to brainstorm. Then That's understandable. Yeah, we need people sure. there. Or you work in a lab where you actually have to do experiments, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be in the lab. The lab's going to come to your place. Sure, sure. So I think it's going to be a fairly interesting set of things that we're going to watch in the next yeah. film. And the game is nowhere near over. We're not sure. in the end game yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious as to how deep play out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a nice way to look at it. Yeah. There was one more thing which I was very keen to ask, which was uh, like, so at, as a TFL, I'm sure you guys used to attend other industry events as well, right? Yes. Which happen like nationwide or global. So, um, through the pandemic, did you continue to take part or participate? And how was it like the interaction? Was it virtual or? We took part in a couple of events in terms of participating, in terms of being there either as an audience or uh, it supporting it. Sure. Well, not so much supporting, mostly audience. Hmm. But after the first three webinars, you're like done and dusted. Sure. You know, you it, it is... Um, it's very different. So we used to organize the corporate health summit from 2017 uh-huh. to 2020. We did 17, 18, 19, 20. We did those four years. We didn't do it in 21 and we haven't done it so far in 22. I don't know when. This is nationwide? Or? Yeah, this was a health and wellness conference. We should do it in Bangalore. And uh-huh. we used to have people that come in from other cities. But well, mostly the people would be from Bangalore. Uh-huh. So HR folks in Bangalore were mm-hmm. talking about health and wellness inside their companies. Okay. So it used to be very much focused on, mm-hmm. well, our, our 
our realm because for us it was important it was an, a nice way to talk to people understand their concerns figure out how it will work so on and so forth. network as well I'm sure. yeah it was yeah. great from us from a sales yeah. marketing perspective it had its yeah. value right i don't think we elicited too much business out of it but we got to learn a lot and i think a lot of companies also understood how serious we were because they came and saw us right in fact some of our customers certainly come through that okay uh, uh, but in the virtual space translating that is mm. not that easy for us right because uh, even in a face to face translating it into either um, making someone aware of you making sure you enter their consideration set making sure they actually reach out to you for a, a requirement and actually you sell mm. i mean getting past those stages itself was extremely challenging sure virtually i think it just becomes dramatically more difficult mm. it might work for a very specific niche zone sure but i think when it is a basket of requirements is very difficult to do that find ah, okay. okay so i think it work in a it's a very 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 specific zone and mm-hmm. that makes sense okay so we then subsequently did not really take part into mm-hmm. it okay and we of course had people asking us saying we want to be sponsoring this conference or uh, doing that but we didn't do that okay. yeah we yeah. gone to some conferences as speaker mm-hmm. but not as a a participant who's essentially paying to be there right okay that didn't work for us very well okay yeah i was just curious to know how at the industry level events are functioning during this whole change so yeah, yeah so even earlier right you have let's say a webinar with somebody who's reasonably um, called an expert in that space mm-hmm. and maybe at the start of the pandemic you'd have a larger number of people but now if i told you this one more webinar on a topic sure. you would say okay let them Have it. Let's sure. record it. I consume yeah. when I want to. It's like Netflix on demand, basically. Yes. Right? So it becomes uh, asynchronous in yeah. terms of time. So the moment it becomes asynchronous in terms of time, there's a convenience, yeah. but there's a loss of immediacy. So there's a trade-off. Yeah. And that's like anything, right? It's like sure. it's equal to me calling you and chatting with you versus me sending you a message. Yeah. Yeah. Asynchronous, but lack of immediacy. Yeah. And either has its own. and cause yes. right so both yeah. are useful mm. if you and i happen to be in different country or synchronous by default yeah i mean you're not going to become the call yeah. and midnight neither am i that sort of sure but we might only have to resort to mm. an online uh, chat in right. text format but um the immediacy bit is still lacking yeah you can't have both hmm yeah. well awesome i for one learned a lot in this chat and i really wish we could go i didn't realize it was 38 minutes thank you so much for making time no no the pleasure is mine thank you for having me here it's absolutely great. It's and fun. it's great that i have this to do as part of my work day so yeah i learned uh-huh. a lot yeah hey, i got a few seconds and i get to go on back so thank awesome. you very much for cheers are okay thanks yeah thanks This was backstage with Zadul. If you'd like to hear more episodes, don't forget to subscribe. You can also listen to our episodes on Spotify, Google or wherever you stream podcasts. Don't forget to visit zadul.com to know more about how you can begin humanizing events.